Welcome back to Conservative Conversations. I'm your host, Reed. And I'm Frank. Today we're going to be talking about the Supreme Court rulings that just came out recently, and we're going to talk about government collusion with big tech and more. So let's get into it. And listeners, before we get started, I want to remind you to please subscribe on your favorite platform. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and you can also uh, give us a donation on our Red Circle page if you'd like to support us directly. We would greatly appreciate your support. And to start it off, we're going to be talking about the Supreme Court again, because last time uh, we left off talking about how there were still quite a few cases that they were yet to decide on, and since uh, that episode, they have uh, since done so. And uh, the three big ones um, that we're going to talk about, first, uh, we'll start with the affirmative action case. Um, The Supreme Court has decided that uh, colleges, uh, particularly uh, public colleges and even private colleges receiving federal funding, are not allowed to use race in determining uh, applicants for their colleges or admissions, um, which is a good thing. So it's finally uh, overturned that. Um, yeah, I'm certainly glad to hear it. Yeah, it's definitely going to have uh, quite the impact, I, I think, because we, we know a lot of these, especially like what they call them, ivory yeah. Ivy, Ivy League colleges. I don't really, really know what that means. But these big, fancy, expensive, liberal colleges, Harvard particularly, because they mm-hmm. were one of the key... Uh, well, they were specifically yeah, named in the Yeah, in the, the defendants, yeah. yeah. Um, so we, we know they use race to select their applicants. Um, but now they, they can't do that. And it uh, should be based on merit and... Uh, no student's ability because um you know if you're letting in i'm trying to find an easy way to say it uh low performing students no matter what their race is because you're admitting them on the basis of the race regardless of their uh, academic abilities when you get a student who can't keep up with the work that you're putting them through and they start to fail and not do so well it i think it kind of perpetuates the idea that these liberals push that the system is like racist and out to get them because they shuffle them into this uh, you know academic track where they're not likely to succeed and when they fail what are they gonna do they're gonna blame it on the institution because they for all they knew they were admitted because the school believed that they had the ability to perform there well, and also, if I may, I would sure. say that it's detrimental to both the student and the school. Mm-hmm. First of all, kind of like what you're saying, I mean, you've got somebody who, I guess, could go running around representing Harvard University, who's maybe a quack doctor or mm-hmm. whatever degree they've gotten, you know, they sort of just got pushed through because of this affirmative action stuff. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but also, that's somebody who, I mean, let's say they're black. Okay, just for hypothetical. Sure. They could have been top of their class at Brown or right. Tuskegee mm-hmm. or something like that. Why, why take them out of an environment that they might actually thrive and right. dominate? Right. And just to put them somewhere that they don't really belong, just so they can say they went to Harvard, just mm-hmm. so Harvard can say they have these 
you know, diverse mm. numbers or whatever, this diverse student body. Right. Um, and also, I don't know if you would have gone here because some other people have said it, you know, it's not an original idea, but I hope to see it trickle down. You see a lot of these types of affirmative action type Mm -hmm. things in the workforce. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think that'd be good if people's hiring practices had to be curbed Mm -hmm. so that they weren't asking, I mean, what's it matter? Right. I mean, you even see this not not even regarding race. You know, a lot of these big companies, especially you know, left leaning companies, say they're they're going to hire certain percentages of of female staff too. Right. Regardless of whether it's beneficial to the females they're hiring or the company, they just want to have that diversity stat that they can show off. Well, and sometimes I think they take it way too far, too. You know, there's certain, I think, certain Fortune 500 companies where they've said, you know, this is going to be a full female board right. by uh-huh. a certain year. And yeah. it's like, well... Why? <laughs> yeah. I mean, how how is that representative of of your company's, right. uh, you know, population, if you will, or whatever, staff? Right. <clears throat> so, I mean, but we even used to see this in school. I don't know if you know, if you remember all the standardized testing that we mm-hmm. had to do but you know there were kids in in school who would say you know you have to self-identify do you identify as black hispanic right non-hispanic white mm-hmm. american samoa they'd put all this weird stuff on there yeah. and you know these kids wouldn't take that stuff seriously so mm-hmm. what's it matter what if one year you're american samoan next year you're white next year uh-huh. you're black i mean <laughs> what well, You're the same student. What's yeah. it matter how you self-identify? Right. Oh, I mean, we've sort of seen this before with, like, the Hispanic community. There are a fair amount of Hispanics that do identify as white on some of those mm-hmm. things. Um, whether or not they do it because they think it's beneficial, I don't know. But you know, not, not all, even Hispanic people, necessarily see themselves as Hispanic. Right. Well, and then there's a lot of people you'll see try to claim, you know, no, I'm not white. I'm Italian. Mm, yeah. I'm German. Uh-huh. I'm, you know, <laughs> and right. it's like, give me a break. This, all this stuff is mm-hmm. just sort of silly. It's for these statistical reasons is the only reason, right. you know, it's really tracked or studied. So right. I don't understand if you're evaluating somebody's performance mm-hmm. on, let's say, a standardized test. What's the matter? You just have student X, student right. Y, student A, student B. What's what's it matter? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh Thankfully, the court has overturned affirmative action, at least in this regard. I'm sure, like you mentioned, I mean, it still applies in other places. But, well, it's yet to be tried in other right, places. Sure. So hopefully we'll see some more progress, but uh, we'll, we can take what we can get. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it'll benefit people in the future because I'll bring up that uh, one young woman that Steven Crowder was talking to in his... Uh, change my mind episode. I'll be glad to relink that if anybody wants to see it. Because um, that was, I think, a perfect example of how affirmative action can sort of, uh, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, um, negatively influence somebody's thinking? I don't know. Negatively impact them. That's, I'll put it that way. That's general enough. But um, uh, the next case was the 303 Creative case, which I actually have to make a correction on. In our last episode, I had stated that the state or some party had sued this woman, uh, Lori Smith, I believe is her name, uh, 
when in fact she preemptively sued the state on uh, regarding this issue. Uh, so I just wanted to correct that. Um, but the uh, Supreme Court did rule that uh, the state cannot compel this woman and her business to uh, commit particular acts of speech that she doesn't want to. Essentially, that's sort of the gist of it. Um, and it is more of a free speech case than a religious freedom case, which I think I might have framed it as more religious freedom case last time. Um, but it, they sometimes go hand in hand. Well, and plus it's interesting in the in the aspect of compelling. You can't compel. Mm-hmm. I mean, because that suggests force. You can't force right. somebody to do these things. I mean, I don't know if you would have brought it up as your tertiary point or not, and I don't mean to beat you to the punch, but there was also that case of the USPS worker or the United States Postal Service worker. Yeah, I briefly mentioned it last time. I didn't uh, have it in mind this time. Well, I just bring it up because they also ruled that he could not be compelled, Mm -hmm. you see, to to work on Sundays. Right. So you can't force people to do things that they don't want to do. Right, and the interesting thing about this case, you know, the, the left is so upset because they think it's an offense to gay rights, but it it says that it's in the same vein that the state can't make this woman commit acts of speech that she doesn't want to, the state can't make leftists and liberals commit acts of speech that they don't want to. Right. But they, you know, in their pursuit of you know, their gay rights agenda and whatever else, they, they either fail to recognize it or just simply dismiss it because it doesn't, doesn't fit their agenda. Well, I've always thought the whole thing, I mean, going all the way back to the cake, the, you mm-hmm. know, the original case, if you will, of right. the, the man with the, who wouldn't make the wedding cake, mm-hmm. um, I've never really understood why people make such a ruckus about all of this because... Mm-hmm. I mean, every you know, it's interesting, especially following the other point about affirmative action and everything about mm-hmm. the diversity. You think if you have a diverse enough staff, wherever it is, at mm-hmm. the bakery or, or the United States Postal Service or whatever website company mm-hmm. or whatever, you'd think, okay, this guy doesn't want to make this cake for me. Let's see if this lady will. Mm-hmm. How hard is that? Right. There, the, um, this guy doesn't want to deliver mail on Sundays. Hopefully we have a big enough staff that somebody will. Somebody right. will want the overtime. Right. Somebody's trying to put their kid through school. Right. You know, somebody will step up and do it. This person won't make me a website. Well, let's find somebody who will. Right. You know, and particularly mm-hmm. with stuff like you know the websites and the gates and things like that. It's that's the beauty of the free market. There's mm-hmm. going to be somebody that will make that website will make that cake for you. Yeah. When I think, I've said before, I mean, this, the reason I, I think this way is because there was a story years ago out of Kentucky about um, a clerk, a clerk of, what do they call it, the uh, county clerk or whatever. There was like a county clerk who was religious who refused mm. to sign mm. a marriage certificate for a gay couple. Yeah, I think okay. I remember this story. <clears throat> Well, and that one I think has a little bit more nuance to it because it is federal law that mm-hmm. they can get married. Right. But that's again where I first came up with this idea. I mean, I know if I worked there in the clerk's office and my coworkers saying, "No, I absolutely refuse to do this. I refuse to do this." Okay, she can. 
Right. Just come on down here, you guys. Come on, I'll give you your stamp. No big deal. Mm-hmm. Come on. What's? You can't make her do it, though. Right. <clears throat> now, sure, somebody's going to sign your thing because it's federal law. Right. Okay. So, but to to make the, a federal case, which they did, out of this one lady not wanting to do it, I, I just don't understand that. I'd come mm. back on a different day. I'd ask a different clerk. Maybe go to a different county. Who I don't know how it works, but... Right. <clears throat> and another thing that I thought of recently, well, not thought of, but uh, that came to me, as I was listening to Adam Carolla, uh, his show the other day, and he had on, um, I think some kind of comedian, uh, one of his guests, and they were talking about this case. And his guests agreed up to the point of the the excuse or argument of the religion. He, he he's agrees with not uh, making somebody to do something, like create a website, because it's, you know, uh, uh, artistic creation, and you can't make people make art they don't want to make. Right. But he drew the line at the excuse for, of religion. They, that He didn't think that's a reasonable excuse. And I don't know how much history this guy has read. I'm, and I will even admit, I don't read that much history. But I do know what he said about the founding fathers. Uh, Polly not being okay with that excuse is wrong. I can almost assure that the founding fathers would agree that that is a valid excuse to not do something for somebody's religion. Well, absolutely. And plus, I think you've pointed out, or if you got it from a different source, I'm sure you'll say so, but you've said, or maybe I'm attributing the quote to you. I don't know. You'll have to tell me if you can remember, but would you ask a Muslim to draw Muhammad on a cake? Because they uh can't do that. There's not supposed to be images of Muhammad. Right. That's what I wanted to say to this guy on Adam Carolla's show. Oh, I'm sorry to beat you to it then. I didn't mean to do that. No, but no, that's fine. I mean, that's, I, that's, you're exactly right. I've said that multiple times. I, I would like to challenge somebody who, uh, thinks it's okay to make religious people do something they don't want to do to go to these Muslims and tell them to make a cake with Muhammad, draw a picture of Muhammad, make me a website with Muhammad on it. They won't do it cause, yeah. because of their religion. And I'm, I'd be okay with that. I, don't, I wouldn't want to make them do it. Mm-hmm. But I only always bring that up as a point that, you know, I often lump uh, Muslims into these protective groups and diversity groups but they're so backwards how I don't mm, this is coming off the top of my head so I'm going to have to try to get my thoughts straight like okay when most Muslims aren't cool with gay rights right and, but they like to lump them all in the same group and the same with this kind of stuff like I'm sure you could go ask a Muslim to make Muhammad cakes and they're not going to do it but these same people who demand Christian make gay wedding cakes won't won't go uh, won't go ask the Muslims to make their Muhammad cakes. I'm sure I got that all kind of jumbled up, but it almost is like they would compel a Muslim to do such a thing because they would want a Christian to have to do such a thing, right? And it's like they just want to, you know, they don't want to make any distinction, right, between religious rights or right. the subtleties that are implied right um yeah i I think that makes sense and i think it really just shows how they just use these different groups 
to serve political ends. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah. It's all about power for right. them. It's not... A, I mean, we're talking about, essentially, the, the liberal left mm-hmm. is... What's the word? They're um, atheists. Right. Just like the communist Chinese and the, mm-hmm. the communist U- USSR. The, right. It's, it's important to such a model mm-hmm. that there is no God. Right. So they don't really care right. about anybody's particular religious beliefs right. or I mean, anything. They, they only use the Muslims because, particularly in America, they are a minority group. Well, and essentially because of the reaction to 9-11. Yeah, that too. <clears throat> mm-hmm. They want to use some people's suspicion of them as like a political weapon. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's... Thank goodness the court has ruled that, uh, you know, people, the state can't force people to say things, create things, make things, which is the same thing, I guess, that they don't want to make for mm-hmm. whatever it might be. And um, the last case, which we'll touch on briefly here, is the student loan forgiveness case. Uh, the court struck that down, basically saying the law that they were trying to cite, which is, I believe, the 2003 HEROES Act, did not give uh, the executive branch the power to just create a new loan forgiveness program. Um, so they struck it out. And I think they also, um, in part, ruled that uh, some of the states that were suing had standing because they would have been affected by it because a lot of states... Um, have programs that like process the loans and stuff and they get money for it uh something like that it's a little more nuanced but i think the the biggest ruling was that you know the executive branch just didn't have the power to wave their magic wand and dismiss 400 something billion i think uh worth of dollars in loans probably yeah. well womp womp not like anybody <laughs> saw that one coming yeah yeah, um, but real I guess quick, oh, payments are supposed to start back in September. Yep, right? that's what I've heard. Yeah, and um, be sure to go check for any income programs. That's a joke. Some some lady on a Fox News podcast misspoke. <laughs> yeah, misspoke and said in income instead of income. <laughs> um, but yep, they Supreme Court ruled the. Uh, can't dismiss all those student loans. The Congress is going to have to do it, pretty much. Which will never happen. Yeah, good luck with that. But real quick, uh, with this Supreme Court stuff before we move on, um, the left is out there talking about how this court is extreme or whatever. I don't even know what they're... They use every kind of description to say it's a bad court. But there were two recent cases, and I'm not going to provide too much details on them, but I will try to provide links. This is a good point to end on. Right. There was a case um, having to do with um, states and elections, how much, I believe, how much power states have over their elections, and also uh, redistricting laws. Um, The Supreme Court ruled in a way that would favor, or maybe not necessarily favor Democrats, but it didn't go in the way of the conservatives in North Carolina, which was one of the main uh, plaintiffs. Or defendants in the case. I don't know which end of the case they were on. And also, this case happened earlier in June. Um, it's a little confusing to me, and again, I'll provide some links to it. But there has been issues with um, 
adopting Native American children. Um, hmm. And essentially what the court has recently ruled is that um, basically little Native American kids can be put back, and I wanted to say maybe even should be put back, I'm not sure about that, but can be put back with their the Native American tribes regardless of if it's beneficial to the child or not in in the goal of keeping the, the Native American children together with, with the tribe. But in some cases, they are sent back to uh, some Native American groups that aren't even of their tribe. And this is something the left was, uh, you know, Democrats were wanting, because it's sort of race-based, you know, this indigenous people stuff. Mm-hmm. So the court ruled that the, in, in a way that would favor Democrats on that particular issue. So for all the talk that this court is wildly to the right, there really has been some cases that <laughs> disprove that. And Well, and I thought, I thought you were going somewhere else with that. Um, so I'll just mention as a final point on that, if you don't mind, I don't have the cases in front of me. I couldn't cite what they were about and I don't seem to remember. I've been racking my brain, but, um, there were at least a couple, definitely at least one that were decided nine to zero. So you think if it were truly political, you know, you wouldn't have any unanimous Mm -hmm. decision. They wouldn't even be able to work as a body. Right. If they were as political as some people try to make them out, you'd see every decision split some way. Yeah, well, you're, I, I think that kind of just bolsters what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. But yeah, exactly. I yeah. mean, it's, this is, the court's not that crazy. I mean, no. maybe if you're on the left, you would think so, because you're not getting your way. And, you know, again, they're calling for changes to the court. They want to change how many people are on there. They want more ethics rules. They want, I don't know, a whole bunch of other stuff. Term limits. And they always talk about making these changes when they feel like they're not getting their way. And when do Republicans do that? Maybe they do. Maybe there's some that call for packing the court or some other kind of changes to how things are normally done. But I don't really see it that often. I can't cite any examples. Right. So just... uh, I think the only other time packing the court's been considered was under FDR. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, so just to tie it up with a bow, I, it's it's um, very misleading when if you hear on leftist media, the Democrat media, them talking about how extreme this court is. It's it's not. No. But I guess you can take that for what you will, because we're you know we're biased. I'm, at least I am. I'm not afraid to admit that. But it's uh, it's clear to me that it's not a one-sided court. Right. And speaking of court, I believe your first topic has to do with the courts. Yeah, that's how it starts. Um, so there was, it's just a preliminary injunction, mm-hmm. but there was an injunction issued Tuesday by U.S. District Judge Terry A. Dowdy, which explicitly prohibits the White House and several federal agencies from violating the First Amendment by directing social media companies to censor Americans. Okay. Doesn't it also go down to even an individual level? Certain individuals aren't allowed to? Or is it just the federal government agencies? 
Um, so you may be right, but as I was about to say, I'm mostly just going to be reading from this Federalist article, which is going to be linked below. Mm -hmm. And they're dwelling on 12 specific, um, evidences or times that this current White House has been obviously colluding with big tech. Okay. So it's going to go over the 12 examples. And gotcha. in some of the examples, it will name Person. certain companies, certain people, maybe mm-hmm. certain administrations, whatever. Right. Um, gotcha. Or not administrations, but I mean to say um, departments, mm-hmm. maybe, or whatever. But um, but no, this article doesn't specifically state. Okay. Uh, but... Anyway, um, I'm just going to go ahead and read this next paragraph real fast, and then I'll get into the 12 points. But this says here that up to and even after the injunction's release, Democrats have insisted that any suggestion the federal government is colluding with big tech to censor conservatives is a conspiracy theory. (laughs) And you know they're out there saying that. Uh So that's why I just thought this was super interesting, and especially when we get to like point number... Three, I think you'll see why I just thought I want to read these out mm-hmm. because they're some of them are just good. They are good. So I'll just go ahead and start here with what it has as number one. The White House orders RFK, you know, he's been making some headlines mm-hmm. here recently. They ordered one of his tweets to be removed ASAP. This was back January 23rd, 2021, and he was talking about the COVID-19 vaccines. Wow, that's three days after he took office, Biden? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And so um, this says a Biden official from the White House um, re- uh, reached out to Twitter and said, Hey, folks, wanted to flag the below tweet, and I'm wondering if we can get moving on the process of having it removed ASAP. They also warned Twitter to keep an eye out for tweets that fall in this same genre. Hmm. So, yeah, that early, they're telling, they are directing Twitter mm-hmm. get this off of there. And watch out for other ones. Mm -hmm. All right. The next example it says is number two, White House requests immediate ban of Biden family member parody account. So apparently February 6th, 2021, there was a parody account linked to Finnegan Biden, uh, Hunter Biden's daughter and President Biden's granddaughter. And once again, somebody from the White House, an official, reached out to Twitter and said, cannot stress the degree to which this needs to be resolved immediately. Please hmm. remove this account immediately. Then it states here, can you guess, how, how quickly was the account banned? Uh, immediately. 45 minutes. That's how long it took. Yeah. 45 minutes. It's pretty immediate. Now we get down to number three, and this is the one that just blows my mind. I just can't believe this. I'm not going to read the headline to this one i'm just gonna read the paragraph on february 7th 2021 twitter provided the white house with a twitter's partner support portal that according to the injunction expedited review of flagging content for censorship censorship (laughs) the portal was created because twitter felt overwhelmed by the large volume of censorship requests coming from the White House and wanted to both prioritize and expedite the administration's request. Wow. So they were getting so many of requests these requests. from the government that they made a special portal just for the government to request censorship. Yep. Sounds fantastic. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. 
It's bizarre, I think. I mean, yeah. absolutely bizarre. Okay, down to four. Twitter promises White House it will boost censorship. On March 1st, 2021, after a meeting with White House officials about misinformation, Twitter sent a follow-up email promising that it would do more to suppress misleading information. Here's the quote. Thanks again for meeting with us today. As we discussed, we are building an hour continued Oh, excuse me, building on our continued efforts to remove the most harmful COVID-19 misleading information from the service, Twitter wrote. Hmm. So after these private meetings, they uh-huh. say, oh, yeah, we're going to do everything we can. We're, we got all fires, all uh-huh. cylinders firing on this one. Uh-huh. That's just crazy. Five, Facebook fulfills White House's COVID censorship requests. Sometime between May and July, a senior meta executive, so this would be over at Facebook, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Sent emails to White House officials letting them know that Meta was fulfilling White House requests to censor alleged COVID-19 misinformation. The email also said Meta was expanding penalties for Facebook accounts that share misinformation. So they were creating ways to hurt these accounts that were putting out this information. Hmm. We think there is considerably more we can do in partnership with you and your team to drive behavior. Wow. So see, this is interesting because a lot of these words are being italicized now. Like in the last example, number behavior. four, in number four, it said, we are building on our continued efforts. Uh-huh. So that shows there. And in number five here, it says, we think there's considerably more we can do in partnership. Mm-hmm. So see, they're doing this to get hand in hand, yeah. hand in glove yeah. kind of thing. Six, so we're halfway through the list. Facebook agrees to more sweeping White House COVID vaccine censorship demands. On March 21st, 2021, Facebook sent an email to the White House recapping a March 19 in-person meeting during which the Biden administration apparently demanded a consistent point of contact with Facebook, additional data from Facebook, levers for tackling vaccine hesitancy content, and censorship policies for Meta's platform, WhatsApp. Hmm. In response, according to Dowdy, Facebook said it was censoring, removing, and reducing the virality of anti-vaccine content that does not contain actionable misinformation. So how do you like that? They literally say they're censoring. Uh Uh-huh. Right. And it's almost like if you read here, and remember back to example number three, it almost sounds to me like the government, the White House, is basically saying, you know, because it says here, we demand a consistent point of contact. Uh-huh. It's almost like they're saying, give us the portal like Twitter did. Yeah. Give, we just want to hack right in and remove what we don't like ourselves. Right? Just, <laughs> just let us in. Well, do you remember, it was probably last year, I think, when they were going to try to create this misinformation, disinformation. Oh, yeah. Uh, headed by that crazy lady. Yeah. Well... It almost seems like the only purpose of doing that was to legitimize the stuff that they're doing. Right. Because why why have to do that if you're already doing it behind the scenes? Right. So it almost seems like they only tried to create that new department or whatever. Well, you're right. And that legitimize failed. it. Yeah, yeah it did. Thank goodness. Miserably, yeah. Um, okay. Seven. Facebook shadow bans vaccine content on WhatsApp at behest, behest of the White House. In the same aforementioned email, Facebook also agreed to shadow ban anti-COVID vaccine content on Meta-owned WhatsApp. Quote, 
As you know, in addition to removing vaccine misinformation, we have been focused on reducing the virality of content discouraging vaccines that do not contain actionable misinformation, the big tech company explained. So basically they're saying right there, even if it's not so egregious that we have Mm -hmm. to delete it, we'll just make sure that it doesn't go very far. Right. Number eight, Facebook boosts White House's vaccine propaganda. On April 13th, 2021, the White House asked Facebook multiple times to amplify pro-vaccine messaging in the wake of a temporary halt of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Quote, regarding the Johnson & Johnson news, we're keen to amplify any messaging you want us to project about what this means for people, Facebook wrote back. Facebook is saying, we're keen uh-huh. to do whatever you want us to do. We'd yeah. love to Just do it. Just tell us what tell you us. want us to say, government. That's right. Tell us to step left, and we'll step left. Jump, we'll jump. Number nine, White House demands censorship of Tucker Carlson post. Mm. On April 14th, 2021, a White House official emailed a Facebook executive inquiring into why a Tucker Carlson post with an anti-vax message had not been censored. Facebook responded, stating that while the post did not violate community guidelines, it was being demoted. Another White House official, unsatisfied with the shadow banning since Carlson's post had garnered 40,000 shares, wrote an email demanding an explanation from Facebook. The official, excuse me, the official also apparently directly called a Facebook executive. Facebook subsequently assured the White House that the video was given a 50% demotion for seven days and stated that it would continue to demote the video. Hmm. So this is really interesting that all this is in the public record here now. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just found this fascinating. I had to read these out because, I mean, it's right there in black and white. They're totally censoring, totally partnering. This is all at the behest of the Mm -hmm. White House. Well, and it's amazing that so far... All these that you've listed off, I think you just finished number nine, mm-hmm. have all happened within the first three months of his presidency. Yeah. I mean, he took office, I believe it was January 20th, 2021. And the last one you read was from April 14th of 2021. Yeah. Well, this one, number 10, Twitter deplatforms Alex Berenson after White House calls him epicenter of disinfo. Hmm. This was April 21st. Officials from the White House and the Department of Health and Human Services met with Twitter for a Twitter vaccine misinfo briefing. Wow. During the meeting, White House officials wanted to know why journalist Alex Berenson had not been kicked off Twitter, calling him the epicenter of disinfo that radiated outwards to the persuadable public. Berenson was later suspended. That's amazing that that's how they think of the people. Per- right. Just persuadable public. Right. Wow. Berenson was later suspended and eventually deplatformed, just like the White House wanted. Mm-hmm. 11. Facebook appeases White House censorship demands to get back in Biden's good graces. <laughs> in July of 2021, after intense public and internal pressure from White House officials, including Press Secretary Jen Psaki, I mean, <laughs> Jen Psaki, and President Joe Biden himself, Facebook waged a mass censorship campaign against the disinformation dozen and anyone connected to them. The disinformation dozen are 12 users, one of whom is RFK Jr. Wow. 
Yep. Who were apparently responsible for the majority of anti-vaccine content. Around that same time, a Facebook official asked one of Biden's senior advisors for ways to get back into the White House's good graces, adding that Facebook and the White House were 100% on the same team here in fighting this. We'll do anything you want. You, uh-huh. you want a list of names? We'll give you a list of names. We're on your side. What can we do? What can we do? And here, last one. And this one seems to be the longest. White House successfully pressures Twitter to remove Jill Biden parody video. <laughs> I'm going to have to go look this up. I'm already intrigued by this. Yeah. On November 30th, 2021, the White House emailed Twitter to flag an edited video of First Lady Jill Biden profanely heckling children while <laughs> reading to them. According to the injunction, in response... Twitter slapped a label on the video warning that it had been edited for comedic effect. However, that wasn't enough for the White House. After several (laughs) back and forths that included the First Lady's press secretary, Twitter removed the video on December 2021. Wow. The above... Oh, I see. This is interesting. I was hoping it might end on some note like this. Uh, This is how the article ends. The above list is only the tip of the iceberg. Mm -hmm, I'm sure. The Biden administration's colossal war on the First Amendment includes an even wider range of targets, such as the Hunter Biden laptop story, the Mm -hmm. lab leak theory, anyone who questions the integrity of the 2020 election, anyone who questions the security of voting by mail, anyone who questions climate change, pro-lifers, people who believe in the sex binary, Mm -hmm. negative posts about the economy, and general criticism of the president. Quote, if the allegations made by plaintiffs are true, the present case arguably involves the most massive attack against free speech in the United States history, wrote Judge Dowdy. So it'll be interesting to see where that one goes. <laughs> you know what I hear? What's that? George Orwell screaming from his grave. I told you so. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. That is <laughs> big brother Defined, it's pretty much. Well, it's just crazy. You know, it's crazy because often these companies, Twitter, um, Facebook, mm-hmm. Google, whatever, all the big ones, they're owned by very rich men. Right. And they want to be able to say whatever they want. Right. The companies I mean, want to be able to do whatever. You know, the the liberals, wasn't there something going around for a while where they're like, it's a private company. Uh-huh. Um, and it's like. I don't remember what it was. It's like, but what? You know, they want their rights, but forget you. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that adage, um, you know, for me and not for thee. Yeah. Yeah. That's essentially what it is. Rules for me, but not yeah, for thee. exactly. Or rules for thee, but not for me. Yeah, I got it backwards. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's, and like, like that article said, I'm sure that's not, I mean, sure that is just the tip of the iceberg. Well, and like you said, that's all within the first several months yeah. of him taking office. So just imagine, I mean, it probably goes up to current right. times. Yeah, so. until they were told that they can't do it anymore. Right. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it'd be no surprise. No surprise at all. Yeah, so anyway, like I said, I, I only read the first about three or four bullets on that list, and mm-hmm. I, I just thought, I hope the viewers find this interesting because I want to read it. I sure <laughs> so, did. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's some crazy stuff. And... And they'll go out there, the press secretary will go out there and lie to you and tell it's you it's a conspiracy not, yeah, theory. It's not happening. They'll tell you it's not happening. Mm-hmm. They, they, uh, you know, 
It's, and it's not the only thing they do stuff like this. So no, they're so, uh, I don't know if smug's the word I'm looking for, but, uh, like, they just don't care. They, they, the gov- the, this administration will go around doing stuff, like flying Hunter Biden over to Ireland with Joe, and while he's being investigated, and it's like nothing, nothing to him. Yep. It's like they're just shoving it in the people's faces, almost like, what are you... What are you, persuadable, what was it, persuadable people? Public. Go to, public, yeah, the persuadable public going to do about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. also, you know, it doesn't have anything to do with what we just went over. Mm-hmm. But the, I don't see how we're not going to mention the mind-boggling fact that cocaine was found in the White House. Right. And I look into it, and sure enough, I mean, I said just flippantly, offhand, I said, Hunter Biden's, no problem, easy. Yeah, Hunter it's, Biden's it's been the going Then come thing. to find out... He was there. He was for 4th of July. He's at the White House. And I'm like, I, I swear, stack of Bibles, I didn't even know he was there visiting. And it's like, a duh. Right. Of course it's Hunter Biden's. <clears throat> and plus, I'll, I'll have to find the quote because I shared it with somebody else. So I know I have it available to make it available to the people. But somebody even said it's proven that it had to be somebody in the family because nobody else could sneak it in because the place uh-huh. it was found. You know. Yeah, I've heard that too. Because they originally tried to say it was more in a more general public area, mm-hmm. but then we later found out it was in a more secured area. Oh no, it was in the West Wing, supposedly like right outside the White House uh, or something yeah. like that. Well, I mean, more secured compared to what they originally told us. Right. But yeah, it's no, I, I don't doubt it. It's probably is. I I wouldn't be surprised if it's anybody in that administration. But the really interesting thing, the reason I point out that I'll, I'll link the the uh, resource or whatever, mm-hmm. is um, whoever this is matters. It's somebody who's worked in the White House. They've worked in maybe Secret Service. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. But they, they'll they tell you. They say it. There's a video of him mm-hmm. saying it has to be somebody in the family. It right. couldn't be anybody else. Right. So that's mm. pretty interesting. Yeah. Hey, let me see. Isn't that... Historical? First time in history a president's been found in the possession of, well, I shouldn't say the president was found in possession, right. but, you know, essentially the president's private offices were found to have illicit and illegal substances. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> cray cray. Yeah. All right. Well, to move on quickly to my next topics, I'll kind of shove two of them together because uh, they kind of came to me randomly and I just thought I'd bring them up uh one um recently uh there's been a couple reports that i think for like three days in a row uh the earth has reached its highest global temperature average temperature ever recorded which i believe was like 60 some odd degrees fahrenheit um and it made me think of you know i'm sure these uh, environmentalist activists are gonna use this for global warming, global warming, and uh, it made me think about how, like, 50 years ago, the big thing was global cooling. They, one scientist predicted that. Um, well, first I'll say that uh, in 1971, some scientists put out an article about uh, global cooling and. The Earth's temperature, and at that time, he wrote that uh, the Earth's temperature had cooled by one half of a degree Fahrenheit 
since the end of World War II. So, this is like 1945 to 71. And he surmised, along with some other scientists who was checking the ice in the glaciers or something like that for uh, temperature records. Mm-hmm. And they said if the trend continues, that Europe will start to see glaciers forming by the turn of the century. So, I don't know if, if you know, but it's 2023 now, and that didn't happen. Oh, yeah. Where's those glaciers? Well, I love <laughs> it, too. I mean, on the flip side, I mean, even if you, I don't know, believe in global warming in, mm-hmm. in any regard. Sure. <clears throat> I can just say it was when we were much, much younger mm-hmm. that old Al Gore came yeah. out with that ridiculous movie. Uh, Inconvenient uh, Truth. Inconvenient Truth. Uh-huh. Yeah. And also, well, you know, I was going to say in the fiction world, but that basically was fiction. Yeah. That, <laughs> you know, uh, Inconvenient Truth. But mm. they, Kevin Costner put out a movie called Waterworld. I know, I'm pretty sure it came out sometime in the 90s. Right. Um, well, they also had this Day After Tomorrow I don't know if you remember that movie. Or yeah. It was like a big ice age. Right. Mm-hmm. That was like an ice age. But these ones are like, you know, the the sea levels are supposed oh, to yeah. rise yeah, so yeah. high. And mm-hmm. Florida Florida was supposed to be underwater by mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And it's like, uh, I don't know. Miami Beach is still hopping. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. And, and I'm mostly bringing this up to say, like, you know, the scientists, they can do all these predictive models and stuff. But they still don't really know. Because they got it wrong 50 years ago. Last age, this global cooling didn't happen. Because now they're saying we're, the Earth is getting too hot. So which is it? How, how do we go from 50 years ago to now from one end to the other? And I'm not trying to suggest there's not anything like global warming. I'm sure there is. The Earth is billions of years old mm-hmm. and has gone through several temperature changes. There's been multiple ice ages and warming periods. So it seems reasonable that, yeah, the Earth's climate and temperature is going to change periodically throughout you know, its existence. And to use that as some kind of alarmist tactic to get what's essentially government control, because that's what they want to do. Yeah, they want power. Ma- right. They want to make you change your lifestyles in the name of trying to save the planet from what the planet it's natural being right i mean i'm sure humans have caused some change to it it seems reasonable yeah but the control that could have been exerted and i'm going to make a subsequent point on this if you don't mind but the control that could have been exerted or should have been exerted already happened Mm -hmm. i mean we're talking about carbon dioxide that's already in the atmosphere right. so what are you going to do right. is, is there a way to capture the carbon mm-hmm. i don't know i'm sure they've talked about that yeah but um you know they they talk about things like cap and trade and we've pointed this out before mm-hmm. you can let's say cap how much a particular industry or a particular producer can emit mm-hmm. okay you can try and limit and control that but then a volcano goes off in Australia right. or New Zealand or wherever, Tibet, mm-hmm. and there's more CO2 dumped into the atmosphere than mm-hmm. than any business or industry could ever put out. Right. You know, so how, how do you control the volcanoes? Do you, right. 
You cap and trade them. How do you sue the volcano for how much CO2 is put into the air? And one last little point on this that I'll point out. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw, there's also another headline running around about how um, the water supply is tainted. It's something like Mm. 74% of our water supply. But actually, I know from a a different source that I won't cite, but it, it impacts global water supply. It's not just United States drinking water. But um, they say something like 74, somewhere between 50 and 74% of our drinking water is tainted by these forever chemicals. Mm. And they're just finding out about these, even though the fact that this has been going on, that these chemicals are present, has been known for a long time. But I only bring this up to say, you'd think that there are more concerning issues Mm -hmm. that we could get involved with. I mean, because like I say, the natural fact that a volcano can put out more CO2 than any man ever could. Right. You think you could just take that for what it is. It's right. a fact. Okay. Then you say there are these man-made chemicals in the drinking water. Mm-hmm. Let's all get on board and clean that up. Right. You know, that could be done. We can easily agree on stuff. Mm-hmm. So wh- why go around trying to right wrongs that will never be righted? Right. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> And uh, our last topic, I believe, you got is about uh, Ukraine, sort of, or Joe Biden over there in Europe? Well, sort of. Yeah, kind of. I mean, what it actually is, is on a morning show on Sunday on CNN, um, live on air, Biden was talking about some of this stuff, you know, the Ukraine Mm -hmm. war and everything that's going on. and, And he ended up sort of letting the cat out of the bag that we are going to be sending them these cluster bombs is what they're called. Oh, yeah, I have heard that. And the question comes up, it's like, well, why are we doing that? And he sort of answered it because we are running low on these 155 millimeter shells. We're we're not producing as many. We don't have as many in stock. We can't keep up with the war that's going on. So we're just going to switch. We can't send them the bullets anymore. Let's send them bombs. And it's interesting. A lot of people are you know, sort of ringing the alarm bell. Yeah, why would this? you mention out loud to our enemies, essentially, that we're running low on ammunitions? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's certainly one thing, because um, there was a, a tech entrepreneur, his name's David, oh, if I can read my writing, I'm sorry, I think it's David Sachs, mm-hmm. S-A-C-K-S. Mm-hmm. Um, he tweeted, he said, the point of the proxy war was to weaken Russia, but the U.S. ran out of ammo first. So who is weakening whom? <laughs> That's yeah. interesting, yeah. isn't it? And plus, some even some on the left see the inconsistencies with Biden's position here, giving mm-hmm. giving them these cluster bombs because some people see it as an escalation. You know, we're moving from bullets to bombs. Right. Okay, we're moving up, and then there are some inconsistencies i don't know if you want to start with history first or recent history or recent um i guess history we'll work our way up okay well in 1982 going back that far i guess these bombs have been around for a while Mm -hmm. but in 1982 the united states was considering selling some of these to israel and biden was against it you know Hmm. he's up in the senate floor saying no 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 and then as recently as last year when jen Psaki was still in office before um What's her name? Uh, Green John Identity Hire. Yeah. <laughs> so Jean-Pierre, before she uh, took the position, um, 
Saki even publicly called the use of cluster bombs war, a war crime. Hmm. She's on record. But I guess this is how far we've been pushed and our, and our stock is so low that wouldn't just go on TV and say so. You know, we have our production cannot keep up. Hmm. We don't our inventory cannot keep up. We're out of what you need, the 155 millimeter bullets. So let's give them bombs. Right. How long until we start running out that of those. supply? Yeah. Exactly. And um, some of the critics, I don't know what side they're on, but some people have been saying, "Why would you say this, Biden? You know China's listening. Yeah. You know China's listening. And then, Russia's listening. They're all listening. Well, you, but you know my feelings on Russia. I think Russia's just this sort of how do I put it? Like boogeyman that's not really there it's sort of like a nothing burger but that's just me personally i think the bigger threat is china i always have we've talked about it before mm-hmm. on this channel and as i was preparing you know first i saw that story about biden being dumb on live tv and letting the cat out of the bag then i read a few headlines down and how do you like this one the chinese military is now training kindergartners kids as young as kindergarten in major cities, several major cities throughout China, in combat preparedness, they're teaching these kindergartners things like first aid hmm. and weapons training to include guns, knives, ballistic shields, hand grenades, rocket launchers, and mortars. Kindergartners. Well, if that's not a human rights violation, I don't know what is. Well, they're doing it with plastic toys and stuff and i guess it's supposed to be like a summer boot camp kind of thing i mean it doesn't sound horrible i just think it's and the chinese public of course you know they're very controlled what they can say Mm -hmm. but but of course the ones who were interviewed in this article they're saying oh this is great we love it it's great we love it Uh but what i find really fascinating about it is just to suggest how far behind we are Right. Most of our kindergartners can't tie their shoes and are being read stories about how Santa Claus has a husband. And the Chinese uh-huh. are friggin' whooping their kindergartners in shape for war. Right. And it's like, what do they see coming? Hmm? Right. Yep. They are out to take over the world and they're going to get as many Chinese people to join in as they can. I just find it ooky spooky, yeah. to be honest with you. I mean, human vi- human rights violations, sure, but what is wrong with us? Right. Yeah, that's that's a bit crazy. But uh, hopefully, uh, and getting a new president will help shape things up a little. Somebody who's actually willing to stand up on the world stage, not bend over backwards for these Chinese communists. Yeah. Is that all you got? Yeah, I mean, I I would just end that by saying I totally agree with you, but it's also about, like, restocking and revamping and Ooh, yeah, focusing on definitely. the home front and right. making sure we're prepared. Right. Because this is—I know we covered it in a few episodes back, but I said, you know, we're extending ourselves all over the world. Mm-hmm. We're doing this, we're doing that, we're doing this, we're doing that. And it's like, what if one little thing— just happened Mm -hmm. and look at this we're out of ammo we're oh i remember when i was talking about it about the um supply chain issues and everything you know Mm -hmm. we can't get um antibiotics and stuff like that we can't get simple things for parts that we need for whatever you know a ship got stuck in the canal and about shut down the whole world Mm -hmm. 
And here we are like sitting ducks with no ammunition. We're giving our bombs away. We're flat broke. Right. I mean, it's just, it's a really scary recipe and it, it's time to fix things right. here at home. Yeah. Yep. I agree. And if we don't, somebody's going to be eating our lunch. That's exactly right. One way or another, whether militarily or economically. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, folks, we hope you enjoyed this great conversation. It was another long one. Plenty of good things that we talked about. And if you did enjoy this episode, please subscribe to your favorite platform. You can find us on Apple, Spotify. You can find the audios on YouTube. And please consider making a donation on our Red Circle page. We would agree, We would greatly appreciate it. It will help us keep from having to read stupid ads ever in the future. Yeah, and be sure and tell a friend, somebody who you think might also enjoy this. Um, have them share it with one of their friends, and so on and so on. Right. And as always, thanks for listening.